This is a podcast for curious readers. Hey there, podcast people. Welcome back to this week's episode of Book Pros. I'm Kristen. And this week, we have our wrap-up of all of our book swap challenge groups. And we have four different genres. We have a young adult uh, novel that Alex picked for Todd, and a nonfiction memoir that Alexis picked for Lindsay. We have a contemporary fiction novel that Lindsay picked for Alex. And last but not least, a classic science fiction that Todd picked for Alexis. So as you listen to these, I think you'll notice, and if you go back to previous weeks, remember that all of these books that we've picked for each other are out of the other person's comfort zone. So one thing I noticed in recording these is that most people, with the exception of a few of us, um, struggled a little bit to get into the book that was picked for them. And I noticed that throughout the conversations that everybody was having that most people said, you know, like I had a hard time getting into this and I had to put the book down, but then I went back to it and, you know, however many pages in or chapters in, like I really got into it and everything kind of turned around. Um, And I think that's important to remember that, you know, we, we are book people. Our lives in some degree revolve around books and reading. So all that being said, um, you know, we hope that gives you a little bit of encouragement to know that, you know, even voracious readers struggle to get into books sometime. Um, and oh yeah, hey, happy banned books week, everybody. Uh, well, I guess it's not happy that we're, that we have a banned books week. Um, at Aaron's Books, we've, for lack of a better word, celebrated, or I guess, marked uh, banned books week for gosh years and years um really long time but it's now it actually kind of takes on a different meaning because books are actively and loudly being challenged and banned all over the country and at aaron's books we very strongly believe that everyone should have access to the books that they want to read um and nobody should be able to dictate what is okay for someone else to read and uh, that's a very important mission for us and we take it very seriously if you feel the same way that we do um, there's ways to get involved you can one of the most important things you can do obviously always is to vote in your local elections in all of them not just uh, the big ones And also get involved at the community level. Go to your school board meetings and be a voice for the arts and literature and representation and the importance of books that show us who we are and where we've come from and where we want to go. And we always believe it's important to read and teach the truth. And um, the best way to do that is get involved on the local level. So, all right. Um, we're going to jump in and the first book that we are going to jump in with is the book that Alex picked for Todd, which is The Passing Playbook. It is a book about a gay trans, um, boy who is finding his way in high school and he wants to play for his soccer team. And as I'm sure you can imagine, he has some trouble with that. So we'll jump right in with that. I hope you enjoy the show. 
as always hit us up on instagram facebook wherever you can find us let us know your thoughts all right enjoy the show hi alex hi todd how's it going good you picked an interesting book for me why do you pick why do you pick this book for me well it's a little out of the sort of thing that i normally read too which Mm -hmm. made me think it would be something you would not pick up for yourself so i feel like we both read a lot of fantasy Mm -hmm. sci-fi same kind of things and so i found it hard to pick something for you because i felt like oh you would like anything that that I like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went into something, yeah, that was that was outside of my comfort zone a little. Still YA, mm-hmm. which I love, but a contemporary romance mm-hmm. yeah. kind of thing. Not yeah. like a wild romance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a high school story, mm-hmm. basically, that I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, Todd would not pick this up for himself. Um, <laughs> but definitely still something relevant mm-hmm. to right now sure okay so so oh we should start with uh we are talking about the classic <laughs> playbook by isaac fitzsimmons yes um this is his debut novel um and it's about a uh young man named spencer who has moved to a new school um with previous difficulties that we'd learned about pretty quickly um and desperately wants to be on the soccer team and in fact lies to his parents at first to to join the join the soccer team um, as we do learn, um, Spencer is trans, um, and is, and is transitioning. Um, and so he's on the, the boys soccer team, which is eventually a, a conflict point, um, for, uh, for him and for the story. So I definitely would not have picked this up. Yeah. Um, it's, it's way outside of anything that I'm, that I'm interested in reading. I'm, I, I'm interested in knowing about it and I'm interested in carrying it and sure. I'm interested in talking to people about it and finding people who, who would in, be interested in it, but it wasn't something that I would have, that I would have read on my own. Um, I really like the writing. Uh, I really like the characters. Um, I mean, it's, it's 97% about Spencer. There's right. really, um, not a lot of divergence from, from, from his, from his character. Um, I liked a lot about it. I also felt that there were particular beats that you just knew the story was going to hit. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think that's a that's a contemporary YA issue. I'm not, I'm not as not as a fault, but as a as a descriptor of a lot of contemporary YA. There are, um, you know, there are there are beats that you're going to hit, and then you're going to end. You know, you sort of know how it's going to end. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and to me, having read not, not read a lot of YA in a while, other than A.S. King, sure, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's something I had to re- sort of remind myself. Like this is this is part of the genre. This is part of what this story is. What this story is. Can you move your mic a little closer to like center where you're where you are? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want that to be. To sound like a negative, sure, but it's yeah. probably not. It's probably one of the reasons I don't read a lot of contemporary YA because formulaic is not appropriate, not an appropriate description, but it is predictable in a sense, if that makes sense. Sure, and I think that the crowd that it's meant for mm-hmm. a lot of young people and teens mm-hmm. who haven't read as much, haven't had the time to yeah. read as much, um, probably that wouldn't be 
a thing for them. Yeah, that, that that's fair. Sure. Because they don't know these formulas. They don't yeah. necessarily know like, oh, I've read a book where we hit these three beats and mm -hmm. we're going to hit those same ones. I can see it coming. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's definitely interesting to read YA as an adult mm -hmm. when you're not necessarily the intended audience yeah. for it. Um, yeah. But definitely still able to get something out of mm -hmm. it regardless yeah. of that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was rooting for Spencer. I wanted, sure. I wanted everything to, to to work out great. Um, I really enjoyed the um, the comparisons between. Uh, yeah, Spencer talking about having been on the girls' team, mm -hmm. at, at the prior prior school, and sort of being the strongest and toughest, and now is on the on the boys' team at the new school. Um, most of the way through transition, um, and is. You know the small and quick one. Uh, you know have, has to has to be the past. You know the, the the quick pass and the and the and the one who's sort of seeing the whole field and being in the right place, as opposed to sort of dominating dominating the game sure. um, in the way they they apparently were as a as a younger player. Um, I thought that was a re, you know really interesting. Um, it was there was a lot of really sort of practical day of the life mm -hmm. stuff about Spencer. Um, how he gets through the day at high school, how he gets sure. through, how he gets through practice, uh, locker room, that type of stuff that that I wouldn't have thought of um, in terms of transition. So I thought that was probably one of the most interesting, unusual parts of the story is just his daily life as as someone who's transitioning. Yeah. So not a ton happens, right? Right. It is definitely a slice of life mm -hmm. story. This portion in this teen's life. Mm -hmm. um, which I don't know if you can necessarily say is a, a standard for YA because you do have other other stories where they move so fast and, mm -hmm. and you know, huge world-ending stakes mm -hmm. are present. Um, and so I like seeing, yeah, a slice of life of someone very different from me. Um, and like you said, things that I wouldn't consider. Yeah. Um, in a day-to-day -day life as a trans teen in high school. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked getting the chance to see that mm -hmm. other point of view. Yeah, and I and I should say, I I want to be clear that I don't know all the pr proper terms and I don't want to, I don't want to claim to be an expert in sure. any way. So if I, if I, if I'm using terms in a, in a way that someone would find inappropriate, it's, it's my ignorance and I'm happy to, I'm happy sure. to learn. Um, because again, this is a, this is an issue that I, um, that I care about and then I that I follow fairly closely but it's not my life and so I, I don't necessarily know how to how to describe everything sure. that everything that Spencer's going through that makes sense um it is yeah it is a it is a small portion of what you know is you know a a longer a, a longer story right? right um there's there's not a lot of reference to um, how he made some of the decisions he had he made. Um, I thought the little you know sort of the reference to the little brother being the the one who who easily most accepted right. uh, the transition was 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 really great. Um, because it's and well, but it was a f supportive family and it was and and it was one of those things where he's sort of recognizing his privilege as well mm -hmm. as as well as the, his difficulties. And so I thought that I thought that was a healthy. An interesting perspective. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is definitely a very small portion of his life. You don't really ever find out 
details of what happened to get him to um, switch schools, mm-hmm. if I remember. You know it's something terrible. Um, right. Well, I mean, there but, were references to um, to death threats, right? Um, when he when he became when he became, became public about his, right. about transitioning, um, uh, but his family had the had the interest and the means to be able to to, to change schools, and he right. and so we should say he starts out pretty anonymously at the school, mm-hmm. right? Um, passing, it, yeah, passing, passing, passing. Book, yeah. Um, and so um, he has to really the story of the book is how out and open he wants to be and by the end he pretty much decides that because of his supportive family and because of the things he wants to stand for he needs to be more out and open and public so that others don't have others others can can benefit from that who aren't necessarily in a a privileged position he is right yeah it's a good example of him using his privilege to benefit others who may not come from a similar background right as he does yeah Um, which is great yeah yeah um, so it's it's one that I now know how to sell sure. and, how, how, and how to describe. Um, I don't know how much more in this in this genre I would I would still pick up, but I but I it was it was helpful for me to helpful for me to know it. And I'm not you know I'm I'm not hating on the book sure. I'm, in any way. Um, <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just thinking that this is probably um, it was it was good for me to do. It was a good exercise, um, <laughs> but it's not something that I'm probably going to change my reading habits over. Sure. What do you think? Do you know off the top of your head, mm-hmm. aside from A.S. King, yeah. the last YA that you read? The last YA I read. <laughs> or that you remember? No, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea at all. Um, probably Looking for Alaska. Okay. And that's... That's a while. Eight year, I probably read that eight years ago, maybe ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So. All right, well, I'm glad to bring you something new. Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay. And now for Alexis's pick for Lindsay, Initiated Memoir of a Witch by Amanda Yates Garcia. So, Lindsay. Yeah. What did you think about Initiated Memoir of a Witch? (laughs) (laughs) I don't... Okay, so it was... So you selected nonfiction for me. I did. Which is something that I don't normally gravitate toward. And if I do, it's like very specific. So, I was kind of curious, and I wrote a few notes because I am helpful. It's helpful to have little things in front of me. Definitely. Um, but I said I was kind of curious about how much wit- like witchcraft would show itself within the text. All right. Because I was kind of curious. I know it's following Amanda's life a bit, and so I was like, okay, and I know that she has this uh, presence to her, so I was like kind of curious of how it's all going to wrap itself together. Also, who is this person? I've never heard heard of her and that maybe it will entice me a little bit into the world of witchcraft a bit more to understand it in a little more detail so like that was kind of my initial thoughts going into it of what I wanted to I guess take away from the text overall yeah awesome um I was really hoping that you would like her Amanda Yates Garcia Mm -hmm. she's I really like her as a person. She feels like a friend to me, the whole parasocial thing. I listen to her podcast. I've kind of clung to her words for a really long time. Um, I haven't read this book in a long time, so it's really funny. I was trying to remember what I know about her from her book versus what I know about her from listening to her for so long. Yeah. Um, 
So it's been a it's been a minute. It has. Okay. Yeah. But um did you take away what you wanted to add? I th- I mean I think so. It. So like the second question of like any preconceived notions that yeah. I might have had about the text is that I was worried because, you know, obviously people feel that nonfiction can be dull mm-hmm. and then it can be really hard to get through. And so a lot of people don't enter that world because they're afraid that they're gonna put it down after the first chapter yeah. and that's especially it. like a memoir sometimes. Yeah. It right? can get a it can be a little much, you know, sometimes to mm-hmm. handle in a sitting. But I was kind of impressed with the way that she chose to wrote to write it because it was it was very conversational Mm -hmm. which is something that I wasn't expecting I think I haven't really read too many memoirs or autobiographies or biographies in general um just because I was one of those people I was like oh they're dull I don't want to so but because I had to sit down and read this, that was better that I had like a deadline and a reason and all this stuff. And I'm kind of glad that I did because it was actually really interesting to read. Um, one of the things that I was a little, I think, taken back by was that I wasn't expecting in like the first, I think it's like the three or four chapters of it, it gets really heavy. Yeah. And I... Yeah, I didn't give a trigger warning. Yeah, and I was kind of <laughs> wish that I had had a trigger warning. Ooh, sorry. It's okay. And that's why I was like, I want to make sure that, you know, whoever listens to the podcast is like, and picks up the book is like just aware that it, yeah. it's, it starts with a bang, mm-hmm. like pretty extreme. And it, it, you know, it took me a little bit to get back into it because I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, that's, it's awful. Yeah. And it hits close to home for a lot of people. And I wasn't sure how to honestly perceive a lot of it because it was just, it wasn't what I was expecting. And so I was kind of on the line of potentially not even finishing it because I got really bogged down. And so I took like a little bit of a break, a little breather. I read a book or two in between it and then I picked it back up. And I was really impressed by like how it continued to carry itself because it wasn't consistent. It wasn't like every chapter, it was completely heart-wrenching to read. It was informative and it was witty and it was just, it was overpowering in a way that was nice and I liked it. Um, One of the things that I also really enjoyed was how much history she puts into it and Mm -hmm. explaining, you know, where witchcraft has come from, what it is like today, and the stories that are associated with so many goddesses that exist all over the world. It was just like, I was like, all right, I'm kind of into that, all especially right. when it got into a lot of the the Greek stuff. And I know that you and yeah. I were chatting the other day about <laughs> Greek mythology and all of this stuff, because it's just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, that's like a lot. Here you go, <laughs> kind of stuff of how I felt. But yeah. So, like, listening to that, I guess, me chatting a bit about it. Like, what are your kind of maybe thoughts back, if you have any? I'm so glad that you were able to enjoy it and take mm-hmm. a lot away from it. I I found myself wondering how you were going to take the heavier stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm sorry for lack of trigger warning. Okay. I'm glad yeah. you took a break. Yeah. I'm glad you kind of took it as slowly as you needed to because yeah. it does hit heavy. But I'm glad you stuck in through it. Yeah. Um, I am, too. 
I really like the way that she interweaves kind of, you know, the mythology Mm -hmm. and everything through it all. And kind of she's I like her a lot because she's very open and forward and she's kind of really trying to help guide a whole generation of witches through the craft and its history into the future Mm -hmm. um and i just i'm really glad that you were able to get into it and feel some kind of uh uh, you want to be a witch now i don't know i mean maybe (laughs) (laughs) one of the things i was curious about is like how did she get the title oracle of los angeles like how did that come about because it's not super uh detailed in the text here because it's channeling her whole life up to where she's at now and so I was going to ask you like kind of how that became a title that she received I think it's a little bit of a self-appointed title just because of kind of what brought her there and kind of she describes toward the end of the book doesn't she kind of how she started practicing Mm -hmm. as kind of more of an oracle for the people and Um, seeing people there in LA and everything like that Um, she actually became sort of um, famous quote-unquote sort of in the spotlight because do you remember back when Trump was first in the presidency Mm -hmm. um, Tucker Carlson interviewed a witch about the curses on Trump that was her Oh that God. was Amanda Yates Garcia <laughs> oh my sitting there with Tucker Carlson oh, wow. defending the concept of witchcraft. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just that. Have you did you see that interview? It was absolutely I think I hilarious. Might have a really long time ago. It was hilarious because yeah. Amanda's in there talking about like, well, the real problem, it, like, the real problem is not whether I have Newt is real, which was a question he kept <laughs> insisting upon. <laughs> But the real question is, you know, we're about to be at war. We've got people suffering. Mm-hmm. We've got detention camps. We've got people drowning in debt. We've got, yeah. and she's bringing it back to these real things. Whereas he's like, well, is there a federal statute against witchcraft? Is, you know, yeah. he's coming at her with these ridiculous questions. And she was just very um, matter of fact and yeah. very, you know, she was the only witch willing to talk to him at the time. And they were just poised to ridicule, you right. know, and she knows that going into it. Right. So it was, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it takes a lot of strength to honestly be right? able to do that in yeah. a position where a lot of people don't want to because yeah. it's it's intimidating. It it's is intimidating. Disgusting. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's hard. So it's just, yeah, I will definitely, after having read this, we'll go back and watch that interview yeah. just to <laughs> see the poise that she brings to that because I could definitely yes. see that being um, the way that she would probably present yeah, herself. She took the opportunity of a platform and ran with it. Yeah. Like, even though that was not the intentions of the people inviting her at all, right. she ran with it. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that was one thing, too. It was just, like, one of the likes that I wrote down was that how immersed the reader can get into her life because she yeah. shares so much detail. Yes. Um, it's not like she's grazing over anything ever mm-hmm. at all. She's just, like, here's the topic that I'm now introducing, and here is all the depth that comes with that. And... You know, because I'm not a big reader into more of the nonfiction memoir kind of stuff, I wasn't sure if that's a common thing that, you know, a lot of writers tend to do is do they introduce a topic and then give a lot of depth to it or do they kind of start to graze over things or whatever that might be? Because I feel like since she doesn't and she's so honest about a lot of things that she's talking about that it just helps the reader to become even more immersed into the topic that this entire book is drawing from, you know? And I feel like too, it's like, because you're reading about someone's life and they're talking themselves about their lives, it can feel a little maybe like, 
pretentious in a way sometimes right. when you're reading. Yeah. And so, like, that's a hard thing to also kind of get past of being like, okay, can you stop talking about yourself now? <laughs> like, it's just, but it's it's just funny because, like, that's the, that's the brain that I'm bringing forth because I don't read it very often. Right. And so as someone that doesn't and reading through the entirety of the book, you know, it's something that I'm really curious to continue to explore in other nonfiction because I don't, you know, I know that it's like, yes, they're going to talk about themselves because they're giving a story of their life. Right. Um, but it's the end result of like, why did they choose to write this story about their life? Like, why did they feel they needed to? Um, and her story is just really shocking and incredible and enticing and like all of these things um, that it's just it's just wild to me. You know, like I never thought I would see a book about witchcraft in modern day and how that is legitimately perceived. It's just kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of whatever you edit, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. A lot. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. I think if you have any more to say, that's fine too. No, I'm trying to think of. Oh, my other like. <laughs> I had was like the conclusions that she draws because she's talking about a lot of the stories and histories with certain goddesses mm -hmm. around the world and she does a really good job at giving those histories giving the stories that are often associated with them giving the real stories associated with them mm -hmm. and not what has been you know commonly put forth through society because a lot of them have been skewed over time of course because mm -hmm. patriarchy is a huge huge theme in this book yeah um but how she draws her own conclusions about her life and the goddesses and how they play into each other and that was really interesting to me like she would she gave a story about medusa at yes. one point and i loved that story because it was like she she talked about how when she was a kid medusa came to her from her closet and you know people have seen drawings and depictions of how Medusa is supposed to look and you know with the snakes and all of this really extreme sort of you know drive to her and when she came to her when she was a kid she was scared she was just like what in the heck and then as you continue to read about her life and you you grow with her essentially and her stories that she has and the troubles that she's been through um she comes back to that story and that idea and how she has grown with her as well throughout her life and explains the true story of Medusa and where she came from. And I don't really want to give it too much away on the podcast because I really do want people to, if they're interested in picking up this book, to read it themselves and to, you know, get their own chills maybe yeah. from that. But I just thought it was really extraordinary because I was just like, that's, that's, a, you know, a test of good writing. It's like you are introducing this topic in the beginning and then you maybe divvy from it a bit, but you don't really, because the way you wrap it up when you come back to it shows the reader that, oh no, you grew with her. You grew with the story throughout the entire time that you were engaging with the book and her life. And it's just, it was just really incredible. And yeah. like that one in particular, I don't know what it was about it, just stuck with me. Cause I think I, you know, have seen depictions of Medusa. I have heard, you know, stories about, you know, her life and kind of what she's all about. And I was wrong. Like, I was wrong about it. Mm -hmm. And I had never really heard where she came from and how she got to be in that position of her life. And then even in her death, 
like the significance that that had to it. Yeah. Um, and so that was really, that was interesting to me. And I was like my, I think the, maybe the best part about the book for me was that also in the epilogue. I love the epilogue. She was in Greece with her mom. And that was a really interesting thing because I, I wanted more of her relationship with her mom too. And that was something I was nervous when I was reaching the end of it because there wasn't a lot to it except when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to read more about, you know, how their relationship moves with each other and do they completely sever from one another or, you know, what happens with that. Um, and that epilogue gives more to the reader about where they go to in their relationship. And mm-hmm. I think it's really special. Yeah. Um, so I was really thankful for that, too. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was hard in the beginning. It was it was hard to keep my brain, I think, interested in it sometimes. But I'm really happy that I got through it and I, you know, read through her story and everything with it. And I just, I don't know. I liked it. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing it with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh. Are you curious about what tarot is and what it can do for you? Well, we are offering a small group class on how to read tarot cards. Alexis will walk you through the major archetypal language of tarot, introduce major and minor arcana card symbolism, and show you some basic spreads that you can use to read tarot for yourself at home. Each participant will leave with resource materials and their very own new tarot deck. So join us on October 4th by going to our website to reserve your tickets, www.aaronsbooks.com. And next up, we have Lindsay and Alex talking about Flight Behavior by Barbara Kingsolver. Hi, Alex. Hi, Lindsay. (laughs) Thanks for picking a book for me. Yeah, of course. I mean, so what was the kind of like... I guess initially going into it, what were your kind of thoughts, I guess, yeah. about the genre and whatever with that? So you picked Flight Behavior by Barbara Kingsolver for me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure. I think I was the only one who didn't know who picked for me. I thought it was a secret, oh, okay. but everyone else knew who picked yeah. for them. So I wasn't sure exactly who it was until we all told each other right um but i have this is the first barbara king solver book that i've finished oh wow um recently i'm in a book club and we had we were doing another one of hers um prodigal summer Mm -hmm. and it's the only book club book i didn't finish oh wow okay and so i was nervous about this one (laughs) being another one of hers i was like Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> like she's just following you everywhere you go. It's gonna be the same thing. The only book I didn't finish. Now I have to finish this one because it's an assignment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I ended up liking it a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Definitely okay. better than I liked Prodigal Summer. Good. All right. Um, but yeah, so I was definitely hesitant going in. I read sci-fi, fantasy, oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. YA, not so much. This. Yeah. Um. But I ended up enjoying it. And okay. yeah. Good. Um Yeah, I What did you like about What did I like yeah. about it? So yeah. 
Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I, going in to it, like I said, wasn't sure. Even when I started it, it took me a little while to get into it. Mm-hmm. it starts out with her about to go have an affair. Mm-hmm. And the whole book, I was like, she's just going to have an affair. Mm-hmm. All right. Like, I know she doesn't have a great life, but yeah. I felt like that was a thing that kind of turned me off of Prodigal Summer some. And just like, all right, here we go. But then it ended up being so relevant to now. It's not a recent book. I don't remember No, it was probably when it came out. Like, I want to say like 2012. I think it was like, yeah. yeah. I, I think I looked and it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, And so I liked how relevant it was now, even though it was written 10 years ago. It was also a little scary how relevant it was because yeah. it's all about climate change yeah. and all the conversations about how terrible all these changes are and yeah. there's no going back and that was 10 years ago right um so i enjoyed it it scared me yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah i ended up really enjoying the character i liked della robia a lot yeah. um a lot more than i thought i would yeah. at the beginning um and the world that barbara kingsolver created felt very real i mean i know it is a real story right not a real you know what i mean yeah it's not fantasy um it is set in our world um but it felt really real Mm -hmm. um felt like i would see these characters out and about yeah 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 did you have any other than you know other preconceived notions (laughs) of king solver um did you have any other like dislikes about the story or anything with that yeah like I said I think it it took me a long time to get into it um and I'm not sure if it was because I was going in thinking of the other book I tried to read um or just it moves very slowly right there isn't a whole lot in the first half that really happens other than you know she goes up the mountain and she sees the butterflies Mm -hmm. it takes a long time for anything to kind of happen with that and so that would really be kind of it I just it took a little while to get into before the scientists came and before she kind of started growing as a person as a character um but then once that happened I ended up really enjoying it yeah 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 so why did you pick this one for me well I know that, yes, you gravitate towards sci-fi fantasy YA. And I was like, this is not any of that at all. (laughs) Um, And also just because it's one of my most favorite books of all time uh, since I discovered it in my undergrad. Um, And it just, it hits home, obviously, because I'm from Southern Appalachia. And so the community that she's building is very familiar to me. And that's something that just was very special. And so in a way since this was out of your realm of normal reading and I was like great that fits that (laughs) box it was also just like sharing I guess continuously a bit about where I've come from as well since I've been moving further north in my life it's just like the butterflies it just keeps going um and I know that you're from Long Island and it's a very different kind of it's a very different region it's very you know kind of separate from 
you know, Western North Carolina, where sure. I come from. And so I was just kind of intrigued to see, because we're both from very opposite areas, like what you felt about it and how it, you know, if it resonated with you at all in any way or, you know, things like that. Because I, I feel like when I read certain fiction, I love being able to take away, I guess, something that is familiar, I guess, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just curious of like how that would you know impact you if at all um just because I think too it was special um because it's a female protagonist going through this sort of life journey um it's it's difficult to I think see her at such a broken state in the beginning and then by the end you know without spoiling (laughs) everything about it you know she she does grow to a certain point, which is inspiring to see. And so it was just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was especially interesting. I forget exactly how old she is, but she is around the same age as I am. Yeah. I remember kind of piecing it together. Yeah. And that is shocking to me because I'm at a very different point oh, yeah. in my life. This is a, a mother of two and on a farm yeah. and all these kind of things that I cannot picture for myself yeah. at the age I am now. Um, And so it was interesting to kind of get a view into someone who is the same age as me, Mm -hmm. but living a completely different life that, like I said, I could never imagine for myself. Yeah. Um, So I I enjoyed that as well. Yeah. I liked that little view. Um, And also, like you said, having moved from New York to Lancaster, while we're not in, you know, the very rural parts. Right. um, gives a little bit of a view into the people here I think mm-hmm. um the people that I don't really know yeah. coming from New York yeah. yeah so yeah no I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would oh good um and it's definitely not something I would have picked up for myself yeah um I only picked up the other one for the book club that I was in yeah and like I said ended up not finishing it maybe I'll go back now yeah and give it another try now that I've read something of um, King Solvers that I've enjoyed because mm-hmm. um, that one had you know a lot of similar themes of the environment that yeah. I think from what I know of her kind of carry through yeah. a lot of her books um, and so knowing the payoff of this one may make it better to go read the other one yeah 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 what did you think of um, the environmentalist element to it like is that something that you were interested in before you sure, picked this yeah. one up or like you know what were your kind of takeaways about that yeah. overall like I said I I thought it was really interesting I thought it was scary that this was written 10 years ago yeah. and I don't feel like I mean not that I think oh everyone read this book 10 yeah. years ago and they're gonna change their their ways um but knowing that we knew certain things were as bad as they are a decade ago and now that's not going away right um yeah it scared me a little bit yeah but yeah, yeah definitely something I, I care about maybe not as passionately as you or as Barbara Kingsolver right right um but yeah it was interesting to read that as well good yeah 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 one other thing is like I was sitting down to um think if I could ask you any questions <laughs> about the book as well um because you know, Southern Appalachia is completely 
you know, further south down kind of thing. In terms of the region, like when you were growing up, did you ever hear like any stereotypes or assumptions about the people or culture about that area overall or? Yeah, I feel like not much, um, but from what I remember, what I know that I've heard about it is that it is more rural and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, to be rude, like hicks. Right. And, yeah. you know, uncultured. Right. And now that I'm a grown up, I know that's not <laughs> the case. Right. Um, but so, yeah, I think that's also why this was interesting to read the perspective of people who, like I said, live such a different life, mm-hmm. um, but are obviously not all what the, the stereotype of yeah. them is that we that we get not living in yeah. Appalachia. Yeah, no, definitely yeah. so. And one other thing was, you know, because we're following Delarobia in this book and you're getting that woman's perspective and like how this is all going down, being very unaware about the topic overall and her life, do you feel like if it had been like a male protagonist, how that might have changed the story a bit? And like, what would you what would you think of that? That's a really good question. I think it 100% would have changed the story. I think that it took so long for anyone to listen to Dahlia Robia and Mm. actually hear what she was saying. And Mm. I think that wouldn't be the case if it was a male protagonist. Right. Probably in general, definitely in this setting. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, you even see, even though, um, what's the doctor's name, the scientist, his first name is Ovid. Ovid. Oh, yep. Um, yep. You even see that people don't really listen to him. And is it because he's a scientist, somebody with an outside perspective here? Is it because he's not white mm-hmm. in this community? Right. Um, and so you really see it would be a completely different story if it was told from anyone else's point of view. Yeah. Um, definitely in this community that it takes place in, but I think also kind of anywhere. Yeah. You could have said it anywhere and with a different character it would have been completely different. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. Well that's great. I'm yeah. happy that you got to finish it and I'm happy <laughs> that you could take some things away from it. Um and you now have said that you've finished a King Solver yes. book. So there you go. Yeah, and I'll let you know if I go back and finish Prodigal Summer. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of nonfiction too, Animal Vegetable Miracle. Yeah. Um that book that she did was really good. Kristen's nodding her head. <laughs> It's a good one. It's good. She's just, because she moved to Kentucky from, um, good Lord, what was it? Somewhere out West. I cannot remember Mm -hmm. the exact state. So she's not born in the kind of region. So she moved to it, but I just was immediately impressed with like the, the ability for her to pick up a lot of the importance Mm -hmm. of the place and its people and its culture and write it in a very, you know, well kind of established way. I mean, there are probably people also from Appalachia that would disagree with me. Sure. And I would love to hear it. But <laughs> but yeah, so it's just I'm happy that you you got to read it and, you know, see a little bit of it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for picking this of for me. Of course. Okay. And last but certainly not least, we have Todd and Alexis talking about Legend by David Gemmel. Hi Alexis. Hi. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm Let's... great. I just read Legend. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Surprise. Surprise. Uh, we're talking about uh, David G- David Gemmell's Legend, yep. uh, which I'm pretty sure is the oldest book that anybody recommend anybody else. It's uh, from the mid '80s. Um, it it um, it's one that I've read I th- I think four times. Um, it is, there are other books that come after it, but it is a standalone. Um, and I just uh, I just think it's a lot of fun, and I thought maybe I I thought maybe you'd enjoy it, so I gave it to you. Awesome, yeah. Um, when you assigned it to me, mm-hmm. I was pretty excited. I think that you had said in your um, last interview that you'd picked it for me because you thought maybe I don't have time for high fantasy lately, mm-hmm. and that hit the nail on the head. That's exactly the way. <laughs> I think about it is that I just I love a good high fantasy novel I love getting lost in a world um, but it has been a long time since I've sat down and done it so thank you for making me do it <laughs> um, this one was re- okay overall what I have to say about this yeah. one is that it got better and better mm-hmm. the first like half was a little bit of a slog for me if okay. I'm being honest yeah. but then as we get closer to like it's a lot of building up to this battle. It's building and building yes. and building and building yes. and building and building. <laughs> and I liked the and characters. And more characters and more characters. And, yeah. And just the building and building and building was starting to feel like it wasn't going to get much of anywhere. Mm-hmm. And just, just barely starting to feel that way. But then mm-hmm. as soon as the, the big thing starts happening, mm-hmm. it started to go faster and faster. And I ate it up until the end at that point. Great. That's, yeah. That's, that's good to hear. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so legend refers to Drus, who's yep. this m- almost mythical uh, person at the, at, the, at the point of the story. Yep. And he's called by an old friend to come help protect the castle, that uh, the keep that's protecting civilized land from the barbarians, <laughs> uh, essentially. essentially. Um, and hundreds of thousands of barbarians are pouring into this valley and, and want to take over the keep in order to get in order to invade this kingdom mm-hmm. um yeah it takes a long time to get to it does. to get to the battle yeah um <laughs> and it's got a lot more characters than a lot of sort of battle fantasy right yeah i don't know if i could even tell you the names of all of the little people yeah. that it switches yeah. perspective to mm-hmm. between like the main two ones you've mm-hmm. got Drus and you've got rec mm-hmm. rex Wreck. Wreck. Excuse me. Um, and it just, yeah, all the other little ones, I really liked seeing their kind of little backstory delves that mm-hmm. it would do and like mm-hmm. where they came from, but then yeah. they would kind of just disappear. Yeah. I like the way that the deaths were handled in this book as well. Just okay. Like, oh, and he thought, and then there's just a dot, 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 and yeah. they trail off Yeah. as they're in the middle of their kind of death thoughts mm-hmm. and the last things that they're thinking and the last things that they were saying. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, so the other thing that I thought was really interesting was I started reading a little bit about David Gemmell, mm-hmm. um, and I learned that the book was all an allegory for his cancer diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, and that he kind of wrote it grappling with his own mortality, mm-hmm. and that it was going to be kind of a metaphor for how his cancer did, whether the keep would fall or not. Mm-hmm. That was kind of something that he sat with for a while. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I love when it kind of ties into real life just well mm-hmm. enough. And yeah, he was supposed to be, you know, he was he was a he was a bouncer and a boxer and a raconteur and sort of, you know, lived his own life on his own terms. Type yeah. And and um, I don't know that he ever thought he'd be a writer. 
and it didn't didn't seem like it, what I was reading about his, his younger life. It just sort of fell upon this. Right. Yeah. Um, well, then he became uh, a journalist, right? Or, yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, it you can you can feel Drew's arguments. Like yeah. Drew, Drew literally believes he's arguing with death about when he's going to yeah. choose his choose his own time yeah, to die. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there are those arguments. Whether it's probably all on Drew's own head, but you know he believes that he's having these arguments with death. Yeah. Um, which just I mean, hey, maybe it's not. Yeah. You get into kind yeah. of the realm of ghosts and yeah. like some <laughs> supernatural stuff. So. Yeah. So it's a fun it's a fun addition to the yeah you know, a fun additional layer to this to the yeah, story yeah, exactly. is you know he is. He is not going to die when death says. He's going to die when he when he says. Absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> and boy, does he. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, this is this is in some ways Gemmel's Sparta three hundred, right? This is this yeah, is yeah. him. You hopeless know, odds. A, a, a hope, hopeless odds, and and you know, and, and but it also, I was I wanted to hear your perspective. It's also in, insanely masculine, right? Yeah. It's 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 high <laughs> testosterone. It's it's you know. We're doing this um, for the, you know, for the better nature, you know, better nature of of us as men. You know, we're finding our finding our purpose here by standing the, you know, standing our ground. Yeah. Um. You know, and no, nothing else in our life would matter. You know, as much as as whether we survive today. Um, which is really fun in the context. It's a it's a weird perspective to apply it anywhere else in your life, but it's, sure. it's in, 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 in this high <laughs> fantasy book, it's, it's really well done, I yeah, think, definitely. but I just thought, I'd, well, and contextualized, yeah. it makes sense, you know, okay. you're going to this hopeless battle and you're mm-hmm. for honor, you know, yeah. it's very, uh, warrior-like. Mm-hmm. You can't... I did enjoy the female characters that were there though. Mm-hmm. You've got Virai and you've mm-hmm. got later on Casia mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, and I, I enjoyed, they weren't really fleshed out incredibly well because of how masculine of a book it is. But the points that you did see, I liked. I liked Mm -hmm. that they stood up for themselves. I liked that they had like a concept of themselves mm-hmm. more more in Vera's case she's yeah. really standing up for herself yeah. and she had the you know the the love story was very um uh, cheesy yes. you know yes <laughs> the, he ha- the the adventurer happens upon a maiden in the woods and he you know she, she's yeah. she's not a looker but she is a handsome and a good fighter <laughs> you know <laughs> and then they fall in love and immediately and yeah. um so you very much you can see it coming but it's it's there was a lot of I can see where tropes maybe come from, mm-hmm. considering that this is so old of a book and how mm-hmm. many uh, you know people have come after and mm-hmm. kind of looked up to yep. this book or mm-hmm. this author rather. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was cool to see mm-hmm. and just yeah. And he and he throws little things in like there's a whole bunch of different Robin Hood legends that are sort of yeah. weaved in and then and then undermined and right. Um, it, you know, like like I said, it does feel like you know Sparta three hundred, and so yeah. there's there's other things that he is clearly pulling from, Definitely. but not as a in a copycat right. way. Like yeah. he's he's playing on that for his own um, for his own purpose. Um, I really enjoy the um, sort of coward hero um, yes. perspective, especially like in the in the, before the battle starts yep. of, of Wreck and sort yep. of him trying to find his place. Um, I mean, you know he's going to be the hero, but you don't sure. sort of know how he's going to get there. And I and it took, uh, I thought I thought his journey, you know, the part you thought was a slog. I, I was mostly, <laughs> uh, I I mostly enjoy for his for his journey. Yeah. Um, and um, and Druce is just this huge character that you 
you know, that I just... He's great. Yeah. But he's an old man. Yeah. So they, And they don't downplay that Right. Fact. Oh, no. They, they he's struggling with these... He's, yeah, yeah. He, he's struggling the whole time to, to maintain this image that he's built for, for 40 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. And even, like, every... Every last stand, you know, they're, they're, that they're making collectively, that he's making, mm-hmm. is just very pointed. Yeah, and he's and he's so strategic about yeah. when he sort of really asserts himself, right? Yes, he has to he has to really lean on others more than they realize, right? Um, and then you know, in those moments when when he's just absolutely required, he really really asserts himself. Yeah, all for the so, morale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my my two other favorite books by him are one is his is is Druce as a young man and tells the story of oh, him cool. of him over many many years uh, chasing after his it's it told in here that his wife was kidnapped soon yes. after they were married yeah um, and for many years traveling lands trying to trying to find her yeah. and eventually and eventually finding her and then there's another one's just a, a series of short stories about him over over his lifetime oh that's awesome um so my other two favorite <laughs> gamma books are both are, are the other two truce books nice um he's got some other interesting characters but mm-hmm. but nothing captures you know i don't think he captures yeah, anybody quite quite as well larger as truce. than life that's for sure yeah yeah um i was i was thinking in terms of sort of the the history of high fantasy mm-hmm. i mean he's a conan character in some ways right but conan's so Conan's books are so dominated by Conan that there's no room for anything else, right? right. It almost doesn't matter what he's doing. And here, Druce is in- incredibly large and mythic, but it really matters what he's doing moment to moment, right? Right. So I just find I just found that really interesting because he's, he's clearly a Conan character, in a but done in a in a in a I think a more interesting way. Yeah. No, it's definitely interesting. He's like the flavor to everything else that's going on. Yeah. And kind of. Yeah. yeah. You know, here are all the problems. Here are all the people. Here's here's how normal people see what is going on. Right. And then Juice comes in and, and sort of puts his puts yeah. his stamp on it. And here's mm-hmm. how perspectives change as soon mm-hmm. as there is someone larger than life around. As soon yeah. as there is someone inspirational yeah. around. Here's yeah. How. yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you know, for, t- changes a whole changes changes the perspective of ten thousand people trying to trying to protect this this valley, right? Yeah. And suddenly they they go from no hope to, you know. It doesn't matter how many of us live. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, some of us are gonna survive, and we're gonna succeed. Yep. So, did you enjoy the ending? I mean, we won't give it away, but did you sort of the last 30, I, 50 pages? I did. I mm-hmm. kind of thought that it was going to just go the way that it was going. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was. Are we spoiling things on this podcast? No, I mean, you know, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's, <laughs> you know. It, so there are seven, seven gates to the city, and yeah. it, and it well, takes a lot. You know, it, the, the, the last half of it is. You know, the last forty percent of it is 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 the the them the barbarians getting through gate by gate by yes. gate basically, and yes. and all of these people you've met along the way, you know, are falling exactly. are, are are falling falling exactly. falling to battle. Well, I just I really loved the only note that I actually made in my book was <laughs> when they were describing the different gates mm-hmm. and their names mm-hmm. and what they meant, yeah. and then following it through thematically mm-hmm. and seeing all the different the the losing hope the refinding hope yeah. the wall of death yeah. the like yeah. and each one and i really enjoyed that mm-hmm. kind of march through and how it very thematically went with what the walls were named which mm-hmm. was very yeah i yeah. i liked that it was very poetic yeah and yeah i yeah. think th- i think there's a i think there is a level of poetry to this yeah. that that is surprising right it is surprising yeah, yeah. i really appreciate it though <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i'm so glad you liked it um and uh, I mean, it's not one that probably would be published today in the in the 
in the in the form it's in. Sure. Um, it is you know, but there are you know gender um, issues that that don't <laughs> don't get addressed in the same way. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's. I just think it's interesting enough. T- from uh, you know taking the tropes and changing them around. Yeah. Um, just enough. Like it isn't totally good versus evil, right? Like right. you you do see the perspective of the, of the northerners quite you know quite a bit actually. Yeah. Um, and, and they humanize the barbarians just just just, en- just enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah. That I it's... mean, they're still treating them like barbarians. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, <laughs> but you know, um, but like you know, the leader has has great regrets over yeah. one of the one of the one of the later episodes. Yeah, what, what, because someone takes action, it takes takes an action that he wouldn't have authorized if he'd known about it. Yeah. And somehow he feels like you know, to his people, he's, he knows he's always going to be a hero, but to the rest of the world, he's always going to be a villain because of yeah. because of the way, the way some of this stuff turned out. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was you know like he's a you know it's sort of an interesting self aware. Um, that you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily yeah assign to the bad guy right yeah yeah so anyway <laughs> okay I think that's what I have anything else you want to add yeah no it was it was a fun read toward the end I sort of really enjoying myself mm-hmm. um, I loved all the little um, like philosophical asides happening yeah. between the characters like yeah. between the battle scenes mm-hmm. really yeah I mean what is you know what is the nature of hope what is mm-hmm. the what is the meaning of death what is the you know what is a hero um you know what is you know courage versus uh coward yeah, that, all, exactly. all that stuff all of it yeah. yeah so i can't say i'm necessarily going to go on a big kick of reading more <laughs> novels or that i'll continue to follow Drews, but at some point it might be fun too good yeah all right thanks <laughs> thank you From the people who sell you actual books in a real-life indie bookshop comes a podcast all about books and the love of reading. So subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Aaron's Books.